0: I want to share a few thoughts with you from um, the, the message, uh, it seems to be a series, I actually meant it to be one or two messages, uh, it was called The Lifestyle of Sons, or The Sons of God, The Lifestyle of Sons, this is part two, and I said to you, this, I don't, I'm not going to serve you a snack, this is, this is uh, the second course of a several course meal. And when we, when we talk about lifestyle, we're talking about the way in which a person lives or uh, the way in which a group lives. And so we want to look at uh, what that lifestyle looks like. If you are a son or since you are sons of God, then let's look at how we should comport ourselves, how we should conduct our lives. In uh, Galatians, I would like to recap for a couple of, or so minutes. Uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verses uh, 26 through 29 Um, Paul says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. So Paul starts out with a a very positive statement. He he doesn't want any of us to doubt. He says, you're already a son um, uh, because of your faith in Christ Jesus. And that word he uses is weos, which is... um, um, a, a, a mature son, not a, a nepios, uh, who, that is a little baby, a little infant. But he's saying, no, you are born again and you are now a a mature son of God and an inheritor uh, of God. So this is very, very powerful. And then we, we uh, learned that for as many of us or you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and we demonstrated that. So when you're baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. It's like you you have on clothes, but you have on Christ, you have put on Christ in a way that Christ will never be nor can be removed from you. And, and that's what he wants you to understand. And he wants to understand that your, your being in Christ has uh, given you something that is so amazing. These are blessings that cannot be uh, taken away from you. So you have to understand that. Sometimes when you're a little child uh, growing up, if you grow know, you up in a particular neighborhood, almost any neighborhood in the world these days, and you have some candy, there were other little kids who sometimes wanted your candy more than you, and they would sometimes take it, right? They would take it. Maybe you never had your candy taken away, and you were the taker away you were, but you know, sometimes the the big boys would take your candy. Well, nobody can take from you what God has done for you. And this is what you're going to learn as you grow. Uh, Paul says in verse 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So he he, he states that again, what he wants us to to understand is that uh, there are no uh, racial distinctions or advantages uh, to, to, uh, now that you're in Christ. So you're you, you not, Jew doesn't have an advantage over the Gentile. And then he says there's uh, neither slave nor free, so there's no class or social advantage in Christ, uh, or n- neither male nor female. Men don't get to run everything in the kingdom of God. Because God has promised us that we will live in a time when he would pour his spirit out on all flesh. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Women are going to have visions. Uh, tonight, uh, we saw the, the case of a woman coming up here and praying and just praying as it were heaven down. And so, yeah, that's a very powerful thing. Moved us all. So he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all. Then he tells us, you're all one in Christ Jesus. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And then he, in verse 29, he wants you to know that if you are Christ's or if you belong to Jesus, since you are Christ's, we could say, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So he wants us to understand that, that we are all heirs um, of, of God. now we are, we're heirs. We are, yes, we're Abraham's seed, but we are part of the, the, the singular Abraham seed, which is Jesus Christ. And we are a part of all of that blessings. Therefore in Christ, um, uh, in Christ, we all become a part of that seed and heir to the promise that God made to Abraham. So, so he doesn't want us to, um, be removed from that so that we think, well, Okay, we are lesser uh, members of the body of Christ because we come from Gentile stock. So no, we are born again and we are born of the spirit of God. And and so now we are also now sons of God. And in Galatians chapter four, he brought that a little bit, uh, I guess, home in a more clear way. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. What a great point that Paul makes in that sometimes we don't feel like uh, we are who we are, but we, we still are who we are. And he says, but, but that child, although he's master of all, is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So Paul wants us to understand by, by verse three, by, by saying in verse three, even so we, and so Paul is comparing us to those who, um, are heirs of everything, but uh, their father has put them under guardians and stewards until the right time, you know, like grooming them for their, uh, their position in in this world or in this life, but God has been grooming us for our position in eternity, and this is what Paul, I, I believe, is wanting us to understand. Even so, we when we were, it goes on to say, when we were children, we were in bondage or reduced to bondage under the elements of the world. Verse four says, "But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, listen, born of a woman." And so, he, he, when Paul talks like this. He is really trying to get us to understand that we are the fulfillment of what God has spoken. He says, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, his only begotten at the time, that Jesus was his only begotten son. He was the the son of God through eternal generations. He sent forth his son, what, born of a woman, which fulfills um, the promise in Genesis. That, that there was going to be the seed of a woman that was going to come, that, that is God's son. Born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And we talked about uh, what that looked like last time in that we now have the spirit of the living God. So we have the Holy Spirit living in us. He is called also the spirit of adoption. So God didn't just adopt you by saying, I adopt you. You know, I, I'm sure that if God had done it, chosen it that way, that would have been pretty amazing. But he says, I adopt you, take my spirit. And, and we have now received the spirit through Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ. We have received the spirit of adoption. So the Holy Spirit in you says you are a child of God. So it doesn't matter what happens outside. It doesn't matter how much pressure you're under. It doesn't matter how much pain you go through. This is what matters. The pressure that you're under. You're going to survive it, not in the English sense, but you're going to survive it. You're going to be the, as we like to say, the sobreviviente. You're going to be the person who is on top of what's trying to get you. You You're above what's trying to get you. You are enveloped, so what's trying to get you will not destroy you. That's what God wants you to know because you have what uh, I like to call the indomitable Holy Spirit. Indomitable Holy Spirit. So that means that the Holy Spirit is incapable of being dominated, subdued, or overcome in any way. So you have to look at that. You are now uh, an an adopted son of God. How is that? I have the spirit of God living in me. And so now uh, that's why the scripture, when the scripture says things, God doesn't just say something to say something. But when he says something, there's proof in what he says, in what he says. Because the Logos of God is itself a miracle. The rhema of God is in itself a miracle. And so when, when, when God says you are, you are. And understand that he has adopted you in, in his family. And the proof is that you have the Holy Spirit. You, you, you are now baptized into Christ. This, this is so, so amazing. So therefore God uh, wants us and, and as it were, the spirit of God in us, I would say demands that we walk like sons of God. Now, was that a lot too fast? Okay. When, uh, when our children were, were little, we would tell them, I don't know if, if, if I, I see my daughter's here, but I don't know if, if, if they would even remember it, but we used to tell them, hey, you're a Lavelle, so we don't do that. We don't do such and such. We don't do that. Now, we said that not because we were better than, than Joneses or Smiths, or or, or Garcia's, you know, we, we weren't saying that. We were just saying we have a standard. So God has a standard. God has a standard, and God's children don't walk after the stuff that's in the world. Now, I know we're having some challenges in this era or age in which we are living. We have challenges because sometimes we are conflicted by the barrage of information that's coming. Um, I, I told you when I was in, in university, many, many de- well, decades ago, and um, this guy came up to me with all these cards in his hand. I said, what is that? He said, uh, something like data processing and uh, computers. He said, information is the wave of the future. I right, get out of here. <laughs> what well, do I need all those cards for? I Just go to the library. Yeah, I've got the library on my iPhone. it it, it is and so what God wants us to understand though what he wants us to understand is that he has a standard and we're living in the world of of more information more information and Christians are so so often citing sources that are not God I, I find that to be the case citing sources and and fighting battles that are not the Lord's battles so, but that's not the lifestyle of a son. So it's how do I comport myself? How do I walk? Do I walk like a son of Yahweh? Do I walk like somebody redeemed by Jesus Christ? You don't have to make it up as you go. It's all here in the Bible. So Paul talks about uh, the fact that we were in bondage and um, um, to the elements of the world. And he is showing this to the Galatians because the Galatians started out really well. They started out in the spirit. And then after starting out in the spirit, they wanted to be perfected or brought to maturity, I guess, by the flesh. It's an impossibility. It's, it doesn't work. Actually, it's a, like a devolution, you know. It's, it, it, you're going down. You're, you're spiraling downward when you do that. You're not going up. You're not ascending. And so in Colossians um, two eight, let me read that. When we talk about being, having been in bondage, we're talking about made, having been made to serve the world and the world system, to be uh, enslaved by it and for its purposes. But Paul says in, in Colossians 2.8, beware lest, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So we have to be, be, be careful in this information age that we are listening to the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Somebody said it. Hallelujah. Uh, so, so listen, so, so we are sons of God, why? Because we, I know I'm a son of God, why? I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm not led by my own whims. I'm not even led by what I used to call my personal preferences. No, I'm not. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Because there are times when in my infancy in the Lord, I may have gone in a particular direction, but now the Holy Spirit said, no. Does the Holy Spirit say no to you? You know, if he's not saying no to you, boy, wow. You should be up here and I need to be down there. Yeah. So, so listen to what he says. So we are, we are people rather are, are worldly when they live by the world's rules and standards. So, so, you think? Well, I'm wor- I'm world I'm not worldly because I'm not doing you know I'm not a fornicator I'm not a murderer I'm not a thief. But you're living in every way by the world's standards. And when you do that, you're worldly. Yeah. So, I, so I I encourage you to be aware of that. In Galatians four nine, um, Paul says beautiful statement here beautiful verse in Galatians four nine and uh it takes some i would say we could probably preach for hours uh i know these men and women of god who are who preachers and teachers can teach on one verse there's so much to unpack here but paul says but now after you have known god or rather are known by god how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage so, you and i can listen to the world if we, if we are listening to the world, and you can listen to the world to such a degree that you will turn away to those things that you think, oh, oh, those, those are good things. Oh, there are some good things in the world. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that. Oh, there's some good things in the world. There's no, no good things in the world system. Now, if the world, what we call the world, that sphere of operation, if we call that uh, some good things, what it is, is is you and I have left some handfuls on purpose. If, if there's anything that's being quoted by the world, it's because somebody who is born again, somebody who has the spirit of God has left some handfuls on purpose. I love that story in Ruth. Remember that story? It's good. It, it's worth just a, a minute, right? You know, I, I love that story. It's a beautiful love story uh, that this girl, you know, you know she's a than Boy, hey, man, those are some bad people, but she was a good girl. And uh, she was married to one of Naomi's uh, boys. And, of course, uh, she would not let Naomi leave her. She was wherever Naomi was. She was there. She w- wouldn't go. And so she went out. They were poor. She was out in the fields gleaning. You know what gleaning means? You know? No. So, okay. Gleaning means you're getting some of the leftovers. So don't ever say, pass I glean from your sermon. Don't you? yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, (laughs) yeah, I'm gleaning. Uh, But so, she was gleaning. And this is what the story was like. Um, uh, She would come back with all this grain. And and Naomi says, where you get that? Well, I was just gleaning. Naomi said, girl, I've been gleaning a long time. (laughs) I never brought a bit of that in a day. No, gleaning means you're getting a little scrap, girl. Mister Boaz is looking at you. That's what that was like, you know. You know, and so, so Paul is saying, Paul is showing us something here. So beautiful. So Boaz was saying to his to those guys who worked for him, hey, wherever you, wherever she's gleaning, drop more grain. You know? And so. I think that God has done that for us in our lives, but but you and I are doing it for others. If the world has anything of value, it's because you and I, through God, through us, has left some handfuls on purpose. That's the way I believe it. Let let me share a few more things here. You know, so these people were, um, the the, uh, Galatians were uh, turning again to what was unprofitable. You and I know beyond any shadow of doubt that, that o- the only things that are profitable are found in the Lord. We know, we, that's our history with God. We, we don't just have uh, this a distant relationship. We have an intimate history with God. We have a, a history where, where we have, as it were, been on his lap. He, is, he has wiped our tears away. He has rubbed our wounds. He's put his salve in us. We have a history of God's faithfulness. So Paul was amazed that they're turning away from the truth. uh, Did they understand that uh, that they were going back into religious slavery? You know, there's some people who love religious slavery. They they love that they they love to go. Of course, these guys were going back to uh, to Judaism. They wanted to, they had been uh, brought to to Jesus by the Holy Spirit, and now they want to go back into rituals. Uh, brothers and sisters, that, that, that doesn't make sense. That that's not a, the lifestyle of a of a son of God. No, you ha- you go on to perfection. You don't go back to perfection. so, so let us not look back. I believe it was Satchel Paige that every time you look back they're gaining on you. So, is this really what they wanted? Did they want uh, to be in in bondage again? If if so, why would they uh, be attracted to a system if that's what they were look, looking for? Why would they be attracted to a system that could not like uh, uh bring them justification? Why would would they be um uh, attracted to a, sy- a system that would not or could not equip them for godly living. You and I have, we live now in Christ. We have a place called the beloved to where we live. We have the Holy Spirit now within us. Why do we want to go, and he is making us better every day, strengthening us every day, giving us deeper insight every day, giving us more understanding, more enlightenment every day. Why would we want to go back to something ritualistic where we've got to do all the work? And this is what he's saying here. And so um, they, they, it, he did not want them to go back to uh, the miserable way of life. If I had to save myself, and, and I remember when I, when I didn't have full understanding, I thought if I got to do everything right, I got to dot every I, I got to cross every T, or I might go to hell. You know? And when I learned that God had saved me um, through his son and that I was never going to hell, that I, I, I will not go to hell. I will never, ever smell the fire, the smokes of hell. I will not do that. I, I know that now. I know, I know that if anyone is in Christ, they are a whole new creation. And, the, and this creation is not going to be in hell, but inherits all things. That's who we are. And so I, I don't worry about that anymore. Um, this, going back to Judaism, was not going to provide an inheritance for these people. And the principles of that system um, were of the world, as it were, dealing with sinful men. Okay. Mm. Okay. Let me read a couple more. Let, let me read. Okay. Let me read, um, okay. let, let me, let me read um, Hebrews 9. And I'm just going to read somewhat fast so that we can... Um, Close up today, all right? Verse six, nine, 6, Now when these things had thus had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year. He went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sin committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made, manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to conscience concerned only with foods and drinks various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed listen imposed until the time of Reformation that is they were imposed until the fullness of of the times and in Genesis chapter 49 10 it shows us and this goes with Hebrews 9 the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people so Christ was born of a woman he was and is both human and divine And so John takes up on this and tells us who we are, that we are now sons of God. You are right now a son of God, whether you are male or female. And John takes up on this in John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Romans tells us, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, According to the flesh. He was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. So he fulfills uh, the scripture. And now he is, he is the seed of that woman who has a right to save and to give his life to whomever he wills. And that's why you and I are here today. That's why, that's why we are sons of God today. Amen. Amen. So we'll talk about some more of chapter 4 a little bit later. God bless you in the name of Jesus, Brother James.